if your team isn't aware of what it is they're contributing to in the end other than a bunch of tasks and why they're doing it irrespective of OKRs or not that's not great so people that are leading teams should always give context to what that team's driving overall and what it means to the business so that they feel valued Hello, welcome to Cloud Unplugged. I'm John Shanks. And I'm Jake Shaw. We're going to be talking about teams and talent measurements and KPIs and OKRs and all those things. Basically, how to get the best out of your teams, right? Because obviously what we've been talking about so far is just really about technology and organization and the challenges there. But on a kind of human level, there's a bunch of people yeah. that are now managers and they have people to manage. Yeah. And obviously, John and I, we've been doing this for, for a little while. There's lots of challenges and learnings that we we've also had. have to do this. You know, it's a challenge in itself. Cause exactly. We've got a company of our own. Yeah. yeah. And so we understand how it's not easy and it's not a solved problem. We solved definitely problem. haven't solved it either, no, exactly but we're just right. here to kind of talk about some of our learnings. Yeah. So do you want to start because it's yes. more in your... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go maybe uh, with a bit of a story of how what we've, what we've learned and then how that kind of could relate to the things that normal companies do, right? Uh, as a company as a whole or more for like engineering teams? I guess it's probably more engineering teams would be more... A little bit of could, both. Otherwise, it could be a little bit broad, there's, broad for the cloud and plug. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's, there's like now industry terms yep. and Google, you know, helped in this by helping to create OKRs. Intel, I think, were the ones to yeah, do it. Yeah, and, and John Doerr. John, exactly. John, book, John yeah. Doerr? It's spelled Doerr, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Doerr. Uh, anyway, so... Kind of an ironic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a Doerr, not a measurer. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> so Intel, Google, etc. there's this whole framework called Objectives and Key Results. And we've been on a bit of a journey, obviously, trying to kind of implement this in our own business and and in the teams that we worked in, right? So starting way back when. So should we just kind of frame up what OKRs are, what it means, what they're supposed to do first, and then kind of talk about the ways of potentially doing that in a business yeah. to get the right outcome. So OKRs, objectives, and key results really are there to kind of get an organization or a team to align, align in direction, having a mission or a North Star, uh, um, a vision statement of what you're all there to do inside your inside that business or inside as an, at an organizational level or even at a team level. And then the things that you're going to drive as objectives and then the key results, which is the way to check that you're making progress against an objective. And then you'll have sort of initiatives under those key results to move the needle, if you will. So let me give you a, a bit of an example. So let's say the objective was to improve customer satisfaction overall. So a key result of that might be like an NPS score or a CSAT score, an NPS is net promoter score. So like a survey that a customer does. And one of the things that this whole process does is it makes you really think about the data that you have, the data that you're collecting, how that tracks over time, right? So let's say you're setting, setting an objective that you want to do this in a quarter, half a year, whatever it is. 
And the key result is that you move, is you get from 30 to 40 as a score. So then you're going to have a bunch of initiatives to try and drive that. You might do things like, one, actually, you need to know that you're measuring it. Two, you need to check that you're continuously measuring it so that you can obviously have, you know, know what the result is. Three, need to figure out what you're going to actually do under that. So that might be improving your response times or something like that. You're, you know, changing the language that you're using when you're talking to the customer, trying to be really diligent in how you're solving it in a slightly different way, or even the people that you put onto that customer. So I guess that's a an yeah. example yeah. of of objectives and and key results. I guess what this could mean to a sort of platform team to sort of bring it bring it back a little bit, like as cloud platform team, you're there and your customer really is the developer, right? The developers that are creating business logic yeah. for the organization. So if you're trying to measure how successful your team is, how can you do that? So I guess it was, uh, it's the first thing around objectives. It's normally anchored in some business goal, goal, right? Yeah. So there's got to be a, a rationale of what isn't happening maybe that they want to happen. I guess it depends on the context of what's gone on. So it might be that they're like, you know, it's not an uncommon thing to want to be a leader within their own space, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like they're in their own market and they're thinking, right, well, we want to be way more innovative. And that means we want to maybe be a leader or the top five, you know, companies of X or whatever it is that their ambitions are. Yeah. Or it could be revenue based mm-hmm. or whatever it's going to be, operational costs or anything. So depending on whatever it is you're striving for, sets the parameters really of what you're going to then try and do. Mm-hmm. Because you then need to work out well, how is my team attaching to that goal. So if it's to do with innovation, then how do I enable innovation? If it's to do with reduction of operating costs, mm. how do I optimize the team yeah. to be more efficient? And what does efficient mean right now? Or what does innovation mean right now? Well, how long did it take for somebody to recognize a service that we would have deemed, I don't know, it could be ML or AI or something that might be deemed something. to use or, yeah, or, or something like that. Exactly, yeah. or something that was going to be an enabler to drive an innovative outcome yeah. and actually the time for them to get it was five months. Yeah. And therefore, actually at the moment... Opportunity cost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that for the business, they're never going to be seen as innovative if it takes five months to even get some technology up mm. and running that could make you look innovative. Depends, right? depends who you are. Maybe that's the quickest thing that they've ever done. Oh. Right? Like imagine that they there's like an archaic organization that like hardly changes or whatever. And, no, yeah, and that's currently not, like let's not Let's years. not say that five months is ever good. Let's no, ex- exactly. That's awful. I'm saying that in, in certain scenarios, I'm guessing that, you know, that could be considered quick. Hopefully you're not in one of those companies. But yeah. Yeah, but you're not going to be the leader. No. Right. Course. So I guess the goal, yeah, yeah. the goal contextually. Yeah. So then, then you've got to work out, well, our objective is to provide innovative services to the developers within a month of the request or something right and Mm -hmm. that's it so that's how it becomes an objective and then it's like well what are our exact results you know well there's how does it take maybe there's a ticketing system right so it's like right okay there's a ticketing system into the team for a service what's the time at the moment for that service like why is it taking five oh there's a security review Mm. there's a board there's a thing right you start to look at the process and you're like okay so 
at the moment, our current time is this based on this process. And then you've measured each bit of the process. Yeah. What can we do to shrink elements of that down to say our result is going to be to get it from A to B? Well, no, it's 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 more so that'll um, be the key result. Yeah, exactly. That's that's one key result. Yeah, I'm not saying that's um, the, and, where you stop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're finished, <laughs> and you are a leader. That's it. You're innovative. You're innovative. You're you yep. have succeeded on the ambition of the company and the company is successful. I mean, what else is it? <laughs> End of conversation. Great. I hope this was uh, useful for you guys. <laughs> I'm just giving an example, like contextually for the team. And yeah. so that would be like one result that you could then anchor in. And then you're into initiatives Nobody. of that one result, maybe first, because you might like break that down. And then you could do another one, which is how fast it takes them to deploy to a thing how long is it so you'd you'd find all the right things attached to that yeah. to then go measure to meet the objective or you might have several smaller objectives of the bigger, bigger objective yeah, true, yeah. and then have three to five key results of each smaller objective with a few objectives for the team so yeah yeah so just to kind of break that down like the common sort of patterns that people use across sort of businesses is maybe having a, an objective for say the year or the financial year or whatever and then trying to break that down into kind of objectives that they could do that quarter uh, yeah. sorry or that they have that quarter and then key results which are signals that they're going to hit that objective within that time frame and then the, all, all of the initiatives that they'll have to put under those things so uh, i guess Although controversially yeah i need to check my facts <laughs> i think in some places they set stretch they're always a stretch mm, yeah so they always say if you manage to meet them it wasn't not, ambitious enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to hit. You're like supposed 80% to hit eighty yeah, percent, exactly, yeah. But to hit a hundred percent meant that yeah. you didn't push hard enough. Which is good, right? I think it's it's, it's a learning process, even when you're doing this in your organi- yeah. own organization, because like just because you've done, you know, some of the theory or you've done it all before, doesn't mean that your the goals that you're setting are correct or the key, you know, the key result, the way that you're yeah. measuring is is correct. And then you've got all of the people that you're working with to get this outcome for the business. Yeah. So maybe not everyone is bought into doing this in the same way or whatever. So. It does take a different mindset because the frustration thing for some people is that they feel they already know what needs to be done, mm. right? Because they can see the problems and they can see what's going on and they've got to retrofit the answer yeah. back into some okay work. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, but we know we need to do this stuff. And exactly. it's like, yeah, but isn't it an okay <laughs> so, you know? And it could feel like slower. Because yeah. like, well, I would have done that stuff process. anyway. Yeah, it's just process. And yeah. I would have done that stuff anyway. Yeah. And like, did it make much difference? Yeah. Other than the fact that the business could fit it into something that was more aligned to other areas. And it's like, you know, so it does, that's I think the downside of people. But the flip side of that is yeah. it also anchors in the priorities that that company or the team has, right? So let's say those things that they kind of needed to do anyway, maybe you wouldn't do them if they're not directly attributed to what you as an organization have all like signed up to do and the import, like the importance of that, then who knows? Maybe it's not just, it's just not worth doing. Yeah. Unless let's say you had an objective to, I don't know, get more revenue or something like that. But you might also have an objective to like keep the revenue that you have. And that's like, you know, customer satisfaction or could could be like something to do with reliability of the services. So if you say had an engineer had some task of making sure that their service or something like that was highly available, let's say, and they didn't have that objective that covered 
customer retention and satisfaction, then they might not prioritize making that highly available. How all of these objectives kind of fit together really makes a difference. So yeah, yeah, keeping, keeping your eye off the ball. I think it can bring a really focused way of dealing with this. However, <laughs> I'm going to be a bit controversial here. You hear of the big kind of organizations doing OKRs, all these like stories of, you know, these, these orgs and stuff doing it. It takes a lot, right? It takes a lot to get people to think in this way, to have that process. There's like, obviously evidence that there's, it, it can be really good, but there's probably lots of different ways of getting a team to the right outcome. Yeah. You know, making sure that you have a really high kind of working collaborative team that is well poised, well positioned to in a good situation to to create to to get the outcome for the business yeah. across whatever discipline. I think no, I, it's a funny one because OKRs because they're prescriptive and prescribed. Mm. Prescriptive uh, and prescribed. Oh shit. Yeah, okay. Prescribed <laughs> wow. because, because they're prescribed to a team, as in there's a frame, it's a framework, right? right? Then the resistance is that they've got to they've got to work out now this prescribed way of thinking and how to structure, mm. right? They're, they're doing. The reverse of it is like OKRs isn't is a way to measure something in a in a kind of framework, but irrespective of whether you had OKRs or not, teams should know that what they're doing is contributing to the business. Mm. So if you were to say, right, at the end of all this stuff you've done, what happened? Yeah, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Right. What what you did measuring? you move? What needle did you move? Also, how are you measuring your success? Yeah. What is right. it? Yeah, yeah. How do you know you how do you know what you've done was actually helpful for yeah. the company? How do you know you and if you can't really fully know and you're like well because i was just told to do it or like da, da, da. it's like well that's not great because then you don't really know what value you're bringing if you don't yeah. attach to it so the flip side for managers is well if your team isn't aware of what it is they're contributing to in the end other than a bunch of tasks and why they're doing and it, why yeah. they're doing it irrespective of okrs or not yeah. that's not great yeah so people that are leading teams should always give context to what that team's driving overall and what so it means to the business what it means to the business yeah. so that they feel valued exactly so well they can they, they just they just know that they're adding to the business, the business right they're, exactly. they're not just like an operational cog or whatever they can directly link what they're doing to the business in fact and yeah. I, I think even in the book there was like a story of how in in intel you could ask anyone in the business even like a cleaner in a toilet or whatever like what function do you play in the business and or what are the goals of the business and they'll know because yeah. or they'll they'll trace all the way up through their objectives the goals etc all the way to the main business objective and their function within it which is which is quite cool right yeah i mean people get a bit hung up on it and all a bit defensive when you mention no cars you know sometimes because it's process because it's process and it's like a, it's a structure to force a way of thinking and behaving yeah. which not not many people really like right because yeah. people have their own styles and ways of thinking but at the end of the day the company has an objective mm. and people are employed by a company and you know you need to feel that you are bringing value you know to a business and obviously that gives you job satisfaction when you are yeah so it's not like it's one dimensional it's not like oh well it's the only way a business succeeds is by doing it it's like no you also need it the other way because I don't really know why I'm doing half of the things mm. and that's not very satisfying to me and I can't tell if I'm bringing value or not or then I don't have great job satisfaction. So it is necessary, whatever it is you do use, whether it's OKRs or not, maybe there's some other ways of doing it that aren't just OKRs, but it's important. Otherwise, how the, how does anyone get 
totally job satisfaction but i guess there's lots of other kind of things in the industry around you know working towards an outcome and like scaled agile as, as an example right like that's like very different in that in how it works and stuff or just in general agile for a team right it's like not necessarily prescriptive way of working but it's a framework like yeah, yeah. pick and pick and choose what makes sense for that way of working and it's a lot more about moving autonomy into those areas having defined structures of working acceptance criteria all of this stuff but i think um, that's important because okrs on their own won't work yeah because well, if you're not meeting regularly enough as a team and you're not trying to work like you will probably find out that you didn't meet the target mm. because you weren't also you checked in once a quarter you checked, yeah. Yeah, checked in at the end of oh, it. did it did we yeah. meet the numbers yeah. and then, uh, yeah, yeah yeah never mind yeah so obviously all the things have to come together well, like how you operate overall kind of matters. I think though from a platform engineering thing, because as well just it'll be too generic. Yeah. I think I still think you can you see from an engineering perspective, because it tends to be quite specific to things you're doing, mm -hmm. it's usually easier to measure when you are like delivering something because you've got to do and write something. So mm -hmm. there's should be if you if you've been if you're standardizing best practices, there should always be pretty good measurements. If you're testing, there should be things around tests. Yeah. If you're releasing, there should be frequency around the releases. You know, if you're security scanning, you should know about how many security issues you've got. If you're tracking bugs, you should also know about the bugs that you've been raised, right? How fast you're delivering them. Yeah. So I think all those things start to become trackable things that are about quality or about speed or about yeah. something, right? So if you've got users, which you will have, downstream you can interview them yeah right sure. how satisfied are they is mm -hmm. it easy to use what's the like you talk about net promoter scores or things like that so there are definitely things you can always anchor in yeah and so i think you start with the measurements you start um, with the measurements then you have insights yeah i guess on those measurements like why is that thing this you know we thought we were going to do this and that should have moved the needle why didn't it you know maybe we need to change the thing that we're doing maybe it's not the right metric to move that needle, right? I'll give you an example, like bugs raised. You would think if the number of bugs raised or something like that went down over time, it was good, it meant that there's quality. However, the opposite could be true. It, it could be that people just aren't raising bugs because they're no longer using the platform or not yeah, testing yeah. it or, you know, whatever else. So you've got to be really like, I guess, I have an understanding of what that data actually means. And not gamify. And not gamify. As a team where yeah. you're like, oh, well, you know. Yeah, just don't raise any bugs, guys. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll just not yeah. raise any issues That's or it. whatever. Or we'll just work in it. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're all obviously always, but they're kind of different problems. Oh, but there are also things, because I think about platform team, there are some things that you'd expect to be implicit mm. that you might not be an objective of the business, like security. Mm -hmm. So it might be speed driven. Yeah. Right. So you're like, yeah, it's going like do speed, like way faster. But actually, then you got hacked a month later and you're like, oh, that was a costly thing fine because you wouldn't put it as an objective necessarily because yeah. it wasn't what was important fully to the business. So there, yeah. are, there are implicit things, you know, that become standards that maybe aren't necessarily like an objective. And it's, it's very multifaceted on. Oh, totally, because you can't really define like all of these things, your entire yeah. business, how you're going to work together, the skills that you need, all of the things just in like a line, a sentence, like, this is what I want to achieve. Great, thanks, John. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to have the frameworks of other things around, like, saying, like, the agile, agile the standards, the best practices, things like Dora that. metrics, yeah. all those things, I think, 
you kind of have to have some element of definition, not all of them, but enough yeah. to kind of measure success by and measure like the, the quality in the end yeah, exactly. um, of what you're kind of producing. And then like if you're kind of an engineering manager as well, like how your you know, team morale and things like that, how you're getting the team sort of bought into the vision, how you're kind of making sure that they are upskilling, learning, have an environment to grow in, things like that. That's like super important. But again, it's not necessarily something that we always sort of measure or track, uh, so then especially team, as, as an objective. The team topologies then. So if you are yeah. talking about platform teams, yeah, and now you've got requirements from a business maybe around objectives and key results, mm -hmm. what's the makeup of this team that the skills of what the business needs in terms of like, how you're going to measure the frameworks and the standards of which need to be put in place. Mm. And then the engineering capability of obviously what might need to be produced. What would the team topology look, look like? like? If you were to put these frameworks, if you were to really measure these things, then who's doing what in this team of, because you can't miss a question. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. I mean, I guess there's, it feels like there's never a right answer. There's common patterns yeah it's not i'm not, not trying to cover out this question but it feels like there's common patterns right? and that like like the, the book teams apologies for example it talks about some of those patterns it doesn't necessarily go into the detail of who those people are in those teams but the sort of concepts within that are like stream alignment so making sure that you have people that are focused on delivering sort of value streams and being sort of product centric having sort of expertise that is common across multiple teams centralized so that you can have efficiency and it depending on whether you're sort of building that central capability if you're building something then very and it's a product then maybe it's like ill-defined to be and not very i think so. i think when things become very ambiguous they're just not helpful because Basically, it's like saying what you need is people and those people <laughs> need to have some skills and with no skills, you need to make sure that somewhere these skills are somewhere and that you're like, well, yeah, I mean, isn't that just how you're basically just telling how business is already run. I mean, like people get hired and they have skills and it's like, great. Well, we can't, we can't, I assumed everyone knew that bit, but what is it that's going to make the team like to be to what be, team, what platform? Yeah, the platform team. Platform. If, if you're saying that there's measurements that are key. Yeah. You know, and I'm being controversial so a cloud, a, to kind of pin exactly, it down because yeah. otherwise things cloud are left exceptionally team, yeah. ambiguous for everybody. And team topologies, I mean, I haven't read it, so I have to give it a read, but I'm sure it must detail something in there, but there has to be some concrete things to help you make decisions against. So you can actually like, if we're looking for like an optimum team, you, mm -hmm. it needs to be some. So I'm going to put myself out on the line by just saying, <laughs> You always want someone good at mentoring, I think. Oh, right. right? So, so I would say if, you've you, got, if you don't have a mentorship typed individual in your team. What about a cross function? So let's say you weren't, what if they weren't in the team, but you had that elsewhere in the organization? Well, I would classify it's kind of in the team if it's even, so. if it's available, Yeah. then the team's getting it, I guess is kind of what I mean. So it might not be within the team directly as in they're contributing to that team. But so it's, these are like it's characteristics that you expect or th capabilities then maybe, I don't know. Well, yeah, but it's the, the person would need to be, I'm not sure, I would say it's better if it's in the team. Okay. Because, because you're watching them on a regular basis to probably identify gaps faster. But a mentor is different to a manager. True. Ideally, ideally, they'd be like, great, right? They're the same person. True, but growing somebody, yeah. which you want, ideally. Support some water, yeah, they just grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I'm giving if you're there food. to grow someone, you're probably there, you'll probably see things that the manager might too, 
Mm-hmm. But if you have that style person, then they're a growth-minded individual mm-hmm. and they're all about trying to grow people. Ideally, you'd have that around the person in the team. Somebody that's got that natural capability would be perfect. Obviously, I know it's a hard thing to high force things, but that means they're going to be picking up on things where they could see things that maybe need improvement and they're helping them and coaching them while it's there and they're seeing it rather than getting a list of things a month later because you checked in and mm. there's like a bunch of stuff that happened that maybe got missed or it's always really high level, big ticket items. I kind of think things are things can be a bit more nuanced on like, because a lot of mentoring and growth is habit forming. yeah, And that means repetition of new things. And like sometimes you can be quite habitual and you've got to break old habits that maybe aren't as good as mm. new ones that you might form. And that is all about repetition and like removing old repetition and forming new repetition, right? So to do those things, I mean, you've got to be doing them often enough and it's making sure people kind of get the momentum and the repetition going and then they'll right, form so, habit. So yeah. a mentor or a manager, yeah. I think on team and then? I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying yeah, random no, I, things. I like it, yeah, could do it. I'm just spitballing it. I haven't really structured an answer because it's more for you, for you to talk to because you've been doing it. But I think leadership qualities obviously are going to be important and that might be slightly diverse. Mm. Some of that might... Not only just make sure it's only slightly diverse though, right? Like we don't want to go full. <laughs> well, as in the culture will define probably the leadership types. Yeah, sure. So yeah. not all businesses. So I guess you've got to look at the culture. Mm. You might have to look at what you're changing from want to be. If your culture is, at the moment, there's a lot of, like if you're risk averse and the culture in the business is to reward risk aversion yeah, because yeah. the business feels like you protected them and you're wanting to break that, be more innovative yeah whatever, then, exactly yeah, then, the, want to bring a then you in. want to try and bring somebody yeah. in that doesn't yeah. reward risk aversion actually rewards risks mm. being taken so i guess all these things matter to the dynamic of a team yeah and then sometimes you want really good executors you want different thinkers you know you want you want creative thinkers in there because you don't want to be le- leaning on one side where everyone agrees with everything so yeah. you need challenges sometimes i think that's that's kind of where that diversity comes like yeah whenever you have diverse teams from different backgrounds, ages, sexes, all of that, all yeah. this kind of stuff, right? That's like... You get the best it, outcome. It, yeah, so, it's yeah. always the best outcome because there's always like a bunch of things that, you know, you as an individual or other people that are like really closely aligned to who you are and have similar backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. To be fair, you'll probably have like, you know, you probably think a lot alike. So mm-hmm. having that diversity will always hopefully get you to the right place perspective isn't perspective, it it's like an, it's a yeah. slightly different perspective of the same problem yeah that helps you see the problem from a different side yeah that then helps you as a team come up with the right answer in the end because you don't want to lean on a bias too hard because then you're like well we all biased yeah, the same yeah, thing exactly. because of where we've come from or how we all are the same perspective and also um, like what we're what we're kind of implying is that there's a high collaborative culture. Yeah. So you could have a, a, a super diverse and inclusive team, but they are at odds with, with each other all the time because they can't like rationalize and have good processes of working things out and systems to make decisions and things like that. I mean, it sounds like a like systems to make decisions. Yeah. It, it sounds more process heavy than it needs to be, but like just being collaborative and, you know, having sort of understanding how to make decisions effectively, autonomously, like that's super important. Being able to communicate really simply and like high. Yeah, I think that's very important. Communication, 
yeah, I mean, not everybody's, some people can struggle, obviously, yeah. with communication. I think giving investment in people to help improve their communication, obviously, is always good. Any, any, any tips that you have for improving communication? I mean, I'm, I mean, people listen to this podcast, today, they're probably like, this guy <laughs> surely uh, is should. not going to have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we can improve communication by stopping it. I'm just, not sure uh, I am like the best. 50% down. Yeah. That would be, be an improvement. Because I do get lots of messages saying, you're such a good communicator. Yeah. You must give us some advice. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I've never formally myself had it, but I think there are lots of companies that will help people, I guess, increase the tactics and abilities of like how to communicate and structure things and how to lead from maybe sometimes you can lead from an outcome and then walk backwards from that rather than leading from where you are in the weeds and forwards so there's like sometimes there are like tactics of showing something first yeah and then going on a journey for it that makes it easier for people to orientate around what you're saying and that helps people in the communication but there's loads of like you can get people into businesses, basically, yeah, exactly. that do this as a living. Who'll yeah. come in and can train on. I this mean, and... there are. I mean, I, I was thinking about doing this myself at, at like really early on, but like master classes in sort of public speaking and things like oh, that, yeah. right? Like or a speech giving, because that is, you know, commanding an audience and all that kind of stuff. Where it's like really, really, really quite cool to, yeah. to be able to do. I'm on a podcast now, so it's fine. But public speaking, if you just don't have an audience um, and you <laughs> an make it digital, an audience of one becomes a lot easier. <laughs> so if you're going to have these OKRs and, you know, you're going to bring people in, it's you want innovation. I think you need a dynamic team for innovation, to be honest, mm. right? And I think some you want dynamic and diverse. And if you're optimizing for speed, you will need a mix of people that know what they're doing, right? Because mm-hmm. they've got the experience. You probably want some highly experienced individuals in there who can who know what best practice looks like and the standards. And you also want some juniors on there, but then it's got to be budget yeah. allowed for that because there's got to be some mentoring, training, yeah, upskilling exactly. that's got to go on. So you can't expect them to be highly effective. Yeah. And so obviously you're going to want to diversify in the teams there. And then you also need good ceremonies, which is like mm-hmm. the agile stuff you were talking around, around all that communication. So you kind of encourage it. For sure, uh, like the collaboration, collaborative yeah. ways of doing stand-ups. You've got to, you've yeah, got to speak process, right? yeah, in the yeah, team. You've yeah. got to say what you just did today, what, you, what you're doing yesterday, what you did today, you know, what you blocked on, et cetera, et cetera. And that actually forces people to have to communicate in the team yeah. on a regular basis, which I think is health, very, very healthy, those things. Yeah, exactly. And over COVID and stuff, there's obviously been, I'm sure a lot of companies and teams have had to sort of figure this out, right? Because when you're not co-located all the time then maybe some of these things sort of maybe naturally happen but then to kind of get you to the right outcome in sort of disparate or disaggregated environment like having stuff like this agile would probably just be a natural kind of step into like how to get the best out of the team and really measure the output of what they're doing and things like that so i don't know if it's like a personality profile is not really related to this podcast stuff because i'm more of a people person less digital mm. worker as in like i can do tasks digitally less, less digital worker. <laughs> as in like as like I, you know you can do the zooms and the meets and all these other things obviously mm. fine then you've got intention mm, to yeah. do that means you've got intention there is no organic nature to it the at creativity that point. of like being and in the I, field. Yeah. i'm quite organic in yeah. how i am as an individual yeah. and i process through communication freely as you know <laughs> irritatingly <laughs> so and i like to talk things out and it helps me exercise and mm. 
that doesn't lend itself. I mean, I know you can put a meeting in to go and do it, but that yeah. means you've got to be intentionally then doing exactly. it. And then the other person will probably just like switch the camera off and be like, I'm going to go and make a coffee because yeah. you're taking so <laughs> I'm just talking at me at this stage. But I haven't done that ever. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's really weird knowing if the camera's on. Yeah, We're no. always on view. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that remote working to a point has a limitation on it. Yeah, I've I'd... never managed to especially my role, probably different, but I've never managed to fully make that work for me. Mm. I'd be intrigued to know, I'm sure some people are quite good at it, but I just don't like all the intentionality of everything. I was speaking to someone recently about, you know, remote working and hybrid and all, all these kind of things, because especially after COVID, it's, it's always a, a bit of a topic, right? And the way that I think about it is like less as a an individual, but more as an organization, right? Let's say, Another organization in your space, the thing that you're doing, you didn't know anything about their company, but they were all in the same building. They were all working together on the same thing. Do you reckon that would give them, like, would you be worried? Do you think that they would, you know, almost have a better chance of having a competitive advantage because there's better collaboration and communication because they're co-located? Like, logically, you think yes, right? So just because you have, like... I guess that's got to tell you something a, a little bit if everyone agrees to those types of things. And every single person that I've spoken to, they always say, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, you'd be worried. Then really for the organization, it's always probably better to some degree. You know, there's lots of other things to take into account, like cost, distraction, of being distraction cost, like if you wanted to be sort of hybrid or remote or have sort of offshoring, things like that, you can't always do that. There's lots of other factors to think think about. But if you were just trying to create a, an amazingly collaborative, like high quality speed team, then putting, <laughs> being, being co-located is going to be yeah. the thing. That, That's what I'm that saying. Advisor. I think it lends itself to maybe there are really good personality and characteristical traits that, that work really well remote. Yeah, probably. And less certain types of characteristical traits that don't. Mm. I feel like I'd be one that wouldn't work really well remotely just because of my personality type. And I feel like I'm more spontaneous as in like, I could do it, but it'd be harder because mm. you'd probably get ignored, <laughs> right? Because you're like, they can actually ignore you. Do you wow. know that, Jay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, when they're remote. Maybe I'm going to work from home. Yeah. They can actually ignore <laughs> wow, you. Cool. I know. It's so like everyone is in the office <laughs> now, aren't they? Because <laughs> you can't just wander over to them yeah, and disrupt exactly. them. Wait, talk to me. Talk yeah, to me exactly. Right <laughs> yeah. I, like, I just, and you know, people can be busy, but then you know, like, they know but you're waiting good, right? in 10 minutes so, and then they'll yeah. be like, oh, let me just finish this. Yeah. And they finish the thing and then they'll be like, oh, maybe you can do it at lunch. You know, oh, we'll talk at lunch anyway but, and walk and talk and do these things. And I like all of that because then yeah, you're cool, but, collaborating. But that's not necessarily like saying that it's the best outcome because to, to talk. I'm to not, I never said it was the best outcome. Yeah, no, exactly. Right? So I'm saying that there's there's probably lots of measures that we could actually, like you could just run an experiment. Honestly, you could probably run an experiment to see if like hybrid working or remote working or whatever was like... Right. Maybe it just depends on where you are as a business. If things are really well defined yeah, yeah. and you've got, a, you've got a very good like modus operandi, right? So it's like, mm. you know how to function, very things are clear. You, you've got product market Execution, fit. Execution, the execution's yeah. there, right? And I think there's, there's clear stories, clear obvious work. Mm. Probably remote working is way easier. If there's a lot of ambiguity 
and you're not quite sure and it takes a lot of collaboration and a lot of creativity and a lot of rethinking and bouncing off each other to work out but maybe you also need like research and things like that like dedicated time to go off and do the things right yeah and there's lots of ways to kind of create it but i'm just saying it's just like it feels like a little bit of not a as a department engineering team. no exactly no it could of course, platform engineering teams are... It's a bit of a stretch to type, type it back because we've got to go. It's a team that is there yeah. to solve a problem for someone, yeah. right? And those, like, now the industry is kind of saying, I guess the whole reason that these cloud platform engineering teams exist is, like, to implicitly, like, get solutions, build, buy, whatever it is, yeah. and solve a problem. But they have to be talking to the customer. They have to be understand what their problems are researching what's out there what they can just use what they have to string together all of these things and if they have time and energy and focus to be able to do that in an environment that works well with all the things that we talked about like diversity and inclusion all all of the things then it feels like it's going to be quite custom to the team and their dynamics and their personality types to a certain degree yeah and their situation and their cost and all all of that stuff but which is when the hiring i think matters as leaders or managers of teams, you want to be always striving for what complements the team dynamic. Mm. Are we waiting too heavily on this side? Are we waiting too heavily on the other side? How do you get the dynamic always right so that there's really good conversations happening all the time and that actually the work is, you know, moving quite quickly in the right directions. People are making decisions really well. People are being decisive and testing things quite quickly and people will feed in and push each other. Yeah, right? And I think when people are like pushing each other and coming up with better ideas or striving to be better, it's a really nice, healthy team at that totally. point. And a bit, bit competitive. Yeah, you know, maybe a little that. bit competitive, yeah, yeah. but I think awesome. more like, you know, just being ambitious on solving the problem totally. well yeah. and bringing people up with them and then pushing each other. And I think that's Having when you right, have a really right. good, good team. Growth mindset and things like that. that yeah. about, right? So, yeah. And then you can upskill then because mm-hmm. I think then you can look at what it's going to take in that team. We've obviously spoken about loads of cloud. There were loads of cloud courses. When you're talking about this cloud platform like engineering, SDLC, yeah. mm, that's problematic though for somebody to know oh, yeah, sure. if they've never been a developer mm. but they're now becoming a platform person. How do you know what a developer needs yeah. if you've never done the job? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, you've never sure. developed and you maybe, which you might have done depending on your background and turned into that. You might have studied it and had to do development work. Mm. But still, like yeah. enterprise development, the things that you might have in an organization is going to be very different to maybe what you've learned at school, you know, university yeah. or whatever else, right? Or if you've never had that background, you just need to talk to people and like get the users and developers or whatever, yeah. have conversations like work with them. And sometimes people will hire people just to do that, you know, like user researchers and... So does all this factor into your OKRs then? So <laughs> this team, because when I asked you the it's, question, it's what's, what's made up of this, what makes up this team yeah. to go and deliver well? We've got user research and go speak to people and all these things. I, is, that what you're, is that what you're saying as a platform team to be successful, to make sure they're building the right things? No, because I think... Oh, right, okay. Because it depends on how you're operating and, and what you're kind of striving for as a business, right? I'm not saying that every single organization should have a platform team and build it themselves and all of that kind of stuff. Maybe there's, you know, maybe you can go for low code solutions and that's all you need to strive for your business. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. Maybe you don't need a platform at all. Maybe there's stuff that exists out there in the world that you could just buy and use. Yeah, I definitely um, think that's true for something now. That's, that's Technology's moved on quite radically. It doesn't mean, though, 
you know, until the point that you need to worry about the other things. Yeah. But then, but then the other thing that you said as well, which which I, I found quite good, was the dynamic of the team and mm. always having a, a, a kind of think about you hire someone. Yeah. And, you know, now there's a culture, there's a cultural shift because you've hired someone because a person is a part of a team and, you know, they bring something to it. Like, how do you get the right culture in that team? Like now you have to reset and think about what that change means. Yeah. The next person you hire is not going to be necessarily the you know the same type of person as the first person you hire. What are you now kind of looking for as skills or qualities or, or whatever to complement those? So, and then you keep doing that every time you grow the team, every mm. time you grow the team until it maybe has a culture and then, yeah, lots of kind of things to think about. Yeah. So the OKRs then, would they map into the team what you're hiring? As in mm. like, if you needed people to meet that objective, you'd expect a budget to be assigned to also hire to meet that objective. As in, from a business perspective, you'd expect there to be a budget. So I can't meet this objective. Depends, that right? So if, if, if it's a, I guess as managers in most areas, you implicitly have a budget, your team costs something. Well, maybe you don't know. Not every team always has budgets. Yeah, someone will. You know, maybe you yeah, don't someone will, a, there'll be a budget, there'll be money somewhere. Yeah, there'll be money somewhere that. But if you, know, you need maybe to increase the headcount, maybe by X to achieve this objective. Well, you have to ask for it. Like, there's always yeah. a. It doesn't just magically exist in a bank. So all the planning then needs to happen within within reason. Yeah. Before the objectives start, because you need to know what you're aiming for. Otherwise, unless you've hit your objectives and now you just have a bunch of people just sat around, sort of. There's always something to do. There's there's always like better operational efficiency to gain there's like new market opportunities that you want to might want to get into there's speed or security risk that you want you know but i guess there's there's always because you're saying like because people could be like all right you've set this objective Mm. we want to be like really innovative and xyz and then they're like we need 15 people to do this Mm -hmm. like of this type because we need like and they could come up with a plan right you could come up with a plan that's like we're going to need someone that specializes in networking, the cloud. We need someone that specializes in more of the infrastructure side of the cloud. We need, right? And so could, you're trusting the one, you're trusting the person that has a plan. Then you're trusting the plan is right. What's wrong with my plan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, already that sounds a bit wrong. <laughs> so I'm mean, a little bit facetious, but yeah. I suppose the, the validation then as a team or the plan, like someone has to, but they might not realize it's so. So I guess you've got to have the right people in the mix to make sure the objectives right. Because if that team isn't experienced in doing those things, then they might not know what needs to be done necessarily. Uh, so I suppose there needs to be somebody in that's probably, that's what I'm saying. You need to have someone in with some level of experience. Otherwise but I, it could I guess be there's, anything. There's or not... research done, I suppose. But even then it still could be pretty. I'm going to say some like really top level things. Oh, they're really helpful as in that. High, yeah. high level, right? Yeah. Can you just make <laughs> but, it really ambiguous? It's totally ambiguous. Is it people, it process, just... and technology? <laughs> <laughs> Operating models. So no. So when when there's a team that exists, right? And I think the things that you're talking about is like leading that team, making sure that that team has a vision, but then it's also like trusting their ability to do it, and then measuring that they are doing it but right? how would um, they know and then measuring it against an roi that you might have on the business and but the approach well. to how you've done it could have still got you there that's but the cost I mean, yeah. of uh, the cost that it took that's why it's all of those things measuring it like tr- trusting like that's a lot of things that you have to think about so 
managing, leading, all of those things, they're not easy because of all of the factors. And especially if you need to have like domain and industry experience as well, that's like, it's obviously yeah. hard, right? And people skills and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's stuff, not for this podcast, it's about the teams, but even like the state of DevOps support, the platform engineering one, not a stitch was mentioned about money. No mention of money. Really? No mention of money. Just Dora. Good, wow. Yeah. Incredible. So if it cost you 50 million to do it, who knows if that was good or bad? Yeah. But we got the metrics, the pretty good metrics. It really didn't contextualize. So it's a bit disappointing because in a business, mm. there needs to be some stitch to the business. You can't just, just say... Stitch, yeah. Just a little stitch. Yeah, just business, one yeah. stitch. <laughs> but you can't, I mean, there's different podcasts we'll kind of talk about that report because yeah. it, it was a good report, but just not... It was so abstract from mm. companies oh. and just looking at it from platform engineering as yeah. if it was like a siloed thing. Yeah, right. Which I found a bit disappointing, but still good. But then a little bit like, how is this? Who's the audience for? It felt like it's for those personas already, which mm. wasn't necessarily helping them be less siloed. No, exactly. But it's still useful. Yeah, so exactly. So look, there's there's lo lots of kind of frameworks out there. OKRs, especially in technology, seems to be a, a really good one that has lots of kind of measures and practices of delivering business value and measuring that against a sort of key results and KPIs, et cetera, making sure that your team has vision, direction set, you've, you've bought sort of inclusive, in, created an inclusive and diverse culture and people and enabling them to, to learn and grow as they, as they solve problems, right? That's like, I guess, some of the sort of key takeaways but look, we're really obviously interested in hearing your thoughts. If you're a manager of platform teams or want to get into it, then we'd love to hear from you. So like, subscribe, comment, all of the things. You can reach us at hello at cloudonplug.io.